From the Rodney Kiefery Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this new episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Morris talks to us about how finding a side hustle and balance are crucial for longevity in the coaching profession, the importance of humility for the intern, the assistant, and the head strength and conditioning coach, and listen in to his story of resilience. This is one of the most inspiring and motivating true stories in the strength conditioning profession. All this as we welcome back new episodes of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 and get you ready to take on 2021. This episode is brought to you by Optimum Nutrition Athletics. After dominating the sports nutrition industry for over 30 years, the newly created Optimum Nutrition Athletics brings the same trust and quality at a great price. They've worked hard to put convenient nutritional supplement options in the hands of your athletes. Because of the increased demands, ON now offers their third-party tested NSF certified gold standard whey protein powder in 10-pound bags exclusively for their athletics partners. Owen even released ready-to-drink cartons of their gold standard whey protein shakes for your athletes and coaches that are on the go. Colleges and universities across the country have partnered with Owen to give their athletes the highest quality nutritional supplements and Owen continues to deliver. They provide flexibility and affordability for all their partners. If you'd like to learn more about their expanding line of supplement products or if you're interested in becoming a partner, contact Owen's Rachel Kravitz on Instagram at on underscore athletics underscore West or email rkravitz at glambia.com. Welcome back everybody to another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Today I'm joined by coach Tom Morris. He is currently the senior assistant athletic director of athletic performance at the University of Indiana. And prior to that, he was the head speed strength and conditioning coach at LaSalle University, and he also had a stop at Penn State University. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. I appreciate being here. It's going to be great. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit more about your role at Indiana? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, right now I serve as the senior assistant athletic director for athletic performance, um, oversee 14 strength coaches, you know, have that fortunate uh, job duty of being able to interact with, in my feeling, the best staff in the country. And, and this is one thing that we, we, we work collaboratively with, um, in training over 700, some athletes, 24 sports. And we do it in a way of, um, you know, that collaborative approach to everything. We, what, what so-and-so knows, we want to, we want to know what each other knows to be able to use that, uh, to help ourselves out, to make sure that we're serving those athletes and making those athletes better. Absolutely. And f- with 14 strength and conditioning coach, that's a pretty large staff that you have there. How do you go about managing that many full-time qualified strength coaches? And how do you go about developing them and making sure that everybody's continuing to grow and move in the right direction? 
Yeah. So it's been a process over the years. You know, when I first got here, there was only five strength coaches. I was one of five and uh, I was the assistant strength coach. And then we just, you know, we worked together. We shared responsibilities. We all had a, a, a hand in the pot with football. We had, uh, you know, our other sports, uh, but we've evolved, you know, the, the field has evolved. And, and right now we have our five uh, strength coaches, uh, five football strength coaches, coach Aaron Wellman uh, leads that group um, and does an absolutely incredible job. And then we got coach Cliff Marshall and coach Kevin Konopasic, uh that are doing men and then the women's basketball side of it. Uh, so they're in these leadership roles that are, are working with their own little staff or their own staffs. Um, but then we have all the Olympic strength coaches and we have great leadership that falls under there. You know, the idea is that we meet, we meet and we talk, you know, the fortunate, uh, fortunate thing that we have is that we only have two facilities. And so sometimes when I, you know, I get to hear a lot of different podcasts and what people are doing, they talk about having four and five facilities and all this stuff. Well, guess what? Having this one, this one 25,000 square foot weight room and then a small basketball weight room allows us to be under one roof. And being under that one roof, we tr- we talk a lot. We collaborate a lot. When someone's out on the floor training someone, uh, two to three other strength coaches are are helping or they're just at least observing what's going on. So, you know, it's, it's, it's an approach that uh, we have great leadership that helps guide some of the younger strength coaches. But uh, the ability to be in, in, in the same room and manage different ideas, different um, ways of training helps the whole entire thing continue to keep evolving and progressing. Hmm. That is actually very impressive. Normally with Power 5 Division One programs, they will have a football weight room. They will have a basketball weight room. They will have Olympic weight rooms and even a few other weight rooms thrown into that. But the fact that you have so many coaches under one roof, I think is a very positive thing to have that many qualified individuals around from you. Now, you also said that you had been at Indiana. You have been there for 14 years. Now, what would you say is the key success of that kind of staying power? You know, normally when a strength coach is trying to come up in the in, in our profession or even stay in our profession, there's a lot of turnover and there's a lot of moving around. What would you say is the one reason or one factor that contributed to your success of being at Indiana for 14 years? Yeah, that's a. That's a great question. You know, I always, I always look at, you know, what is your goal? Like, what was your, what's your goal to, to kind of get to? And, and for me, um, you know, I hope this doesn't come out wrong, but mine's always been to have this balanced life. Like I, I love recreation. I, I love the fact of coming in, um, working really hard, training my athletes and, and, and getting the best out of them. But at the end of the day, I want time to get out and ride my bike. I want time to get out and have enjoy my wife and enjoy family. Um, so when I got to Indiana, uh, I had that balance on there. But, you know, in this world, you know, financially, you know how it is. I mean, I got here, I was making $26,000 a year. And so $26,000 a year, even in Indiana, is not easy to live off of. So um, it got to the point where I, I knew my balance in life at this university was 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 taken care of, but I needed to financially figure out how to take care of this. And that's where, you know, I started training people on the side. That's where I started doing a lot of other things that financially I was able to almost double my salary uh, just by doing it. So the reason I say this is what happened was it created an environment that was giving me everything that I really want out of life. I wanted, I wanted all this stuff financially that was there. And so 
when job opportunities came by, I entertained them and I, and, and I interviewed and I, and, and I, I had the fortunate ability to turn them down uh, because I had such a great place here. And each time I did that, I kept progressing and kept moving up through the ranks of this place. But, uh, but I think the biggest thing is, is, is getting outside the walls of, of just being a strength coach, you know, just being a strength coach. I don't say that lightheartedly because I really think this profession is one of the most uh, influential and in, in giving uh, uh, fields in, in, in that you could be in. But if you stick in the walls and just stay in the walls here, you are end up, you're going to end up just getting what you got. And, and that isn't bad, but it doesn't ever allow you to, to kind of move and, and transition up the ladder. And so I spent a lot of time, you know, keeping my head up walking down the hallway, you know, saying hi to administrators, never, never having my uh, headphones on or looking at my phone when I was uh, out in public. I wanted to meet people. I wanted to build relationships. And the more relationships that I built, it felt like it just kept giving, you know, giving back to me. And, and that's it. I mean, I think as a coach, we're people, uh, people, we're, we're, we're people, not people. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the word I'm trying to say, but we, we, we love that people skills, that personal skills. And, and that for me was um, what has helped me so much over these last 14, 15 years, continue to keep moving up the ranks um, and, and really meeting a lot of different people. Yeah, that, that's some great advice. I know it's always told to us, but to actually hear another strength coach say, go and look for ways to make a living off of this. And if it requires a side hustle, so be it. So you can live the lifestyle and be a strength coach and not have to worry about the finances because a lot of coaches will just stay there not make that much money and then be in, in a jam when it comes to finances. So always recommending to get a hustle, a side hustle and make sure you could afford to work your way up the ladder, I think is, is a great thing. And also balance, you know, everybody always preaches it, but it's another thing to apply it. So I think that's some very important and two very important pieces of advice when it comes to staying power and, and being able to, be in our profession. Yeah. And I mean, that that's a hundred percent it. I mean, right now I just believe in controlling uh, what you can control. Don't complain, fix it. And, and for me, that was it. Like if I, if I didn't make enough money to put food on the table and help support my family and do my part, I got to do more. I got to figure out more. I got to figure out what that next step is going to be. And, uh, and that's always been the driving force for me. That's how it is right now. I mean, financially, I'm I'm at a, a good uh, a good spot. Got a great title and a great environment. Um, but if I want more, I got to work harder and I got to work a little bit differently. And I got to keep continuing to progress because at the end of the day, this is all about growth, you know. And and I just feel uh, the more things you could do, the more uh, things you could do well, you're going to continue to keep growing, getting better, and and all of that stuff will impact people. It'll impact people in ways uh, to make them. Uh, just feel better to be encouraged to be motivated and at the end of the day that is what i'm trying to do is 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 take this coaching and coach not only the athletes but hopefully everybody around me and making this world just a little bit better hmm. that is actually a really good culture and mindset that you've established for yourself and and how you got there how do you go about surrounding yourself with equal minded coaches like that? And how do you go about establishing 
what you're looking for in a strength coach that's joining your staff. You know, I know a lot of people interview well, and then when they come into work, they're a completely different person. So what's one thing you focus in on, or how do you go about finding someone or a coach that actually fits that mindset and your culture that you have there at Indiana? Yeah, we, it, it's all about the people, uh, part of it, how, how they are as people character. I mean, we, I guarantee you've had people on and coaches. It's, it's all about character. You know, John Wooden said it, the true man or the true test of a man's character is, is how, what he does when no one's looking. It, it's, it's that it's how they hold themselves. It's, it's what's going on. Now, how do you do that in an interview process? It's impossible because you're only spending a small amount of time with them. But what we do when we're hiring, we go extensive into what their background, how are people talking about them? Are they apprehensive a little bit? Uh, you know, this field, fortunately, you know, it's a pretty tight niche group. There's it's small. And so you could always find someone that knows someone that knows someone. And we really do our research to try and figure that out because we would rather take forever to hire somebody than to be having someone on staff that just doesn't fit with us. Because that's the thing is you, everybody it's, it's no knock on who they are. It's just, you got, you want as a person coming into our environment, you want to fit into our environment. You want to grow, you want to get better. And we want you to do the exact same thing because you coming in here, we don't want to just teach you. We want you to teach us and make this thing a lot better. So we spend a ton of time trying to hire people um, as far as never rushing this, rushing that hiring process. That process is, is vetted. That process is laid out in a way um, that it's, it's very, very extensive. Uh, but then the other part of this is we have a lot of people on staff uh, that have gone through our intern program. I just believe if you're an intern with us, this is a very diverse group. We, you know, we have this big weight room, 14 strength coaches, philosophically all over the board. I mean, all over the board, but they're great, great people. And so when you're an intern that comes into this, you could find out, you know, velocity-based, just linear progression. You, there is an abundance of knowledge. The X's and O's doesn't worry me at all. But as you transition through this process of internship, now you move into a little bit of a fixed term and you, you, we call that where we get, we pay out a little bit. Um, I, if, if you fit in well with us, you're interacting with us, you're helping us out. You're not just taking, you're also giving. I think you're going to be a great assistant strength coaches. And, and I can say this happily that we have out of Olympic coaches, out of six Olympic strength coaches, five of them have gone through our intern program, which is really, really incredible. And it allows a really tight niche group because even within these walls, we're tight, but even outside of it, you know, going to each other's birthdays and uh, celebrating kids and weddings and everything else, it's, it makes the dynamic of, of an environment just continually get better. Definitely. That's some great insight there. And actually that's very powerful and, you know, inspiring that so many coaches on your staff started out as interns, you know, and what would you say is that one characteristic or characteristics that create a a good intern, you know, somebody that's already been vetted, who already has been interviewed and is now on your staff. And you look back with all your experience, having seen everybody there, what characteristic is that coach showing you that says, you know, they, you know, earned their way or they deserve to be on your staff. And also they have what it takes to stay in our field. 
Yeah, that's that's a that's a big question. I have a million different ones, but if I could say anything, um, humility. I, I think a I think a, a, an 18 year old that comes 18 to 20 some year old that comes into an environment, they have an abundance of what's happened on Instagram, what's happened on this, and they have so much knowledge right now. And and I don't know how you were at 20 some, but I know where when I was at 20 some years old, I was like, man, this is I know this. This is going to be easy. And then you find out that. Man, you don't really know a whole heck of a lot going on here. And so I think humility, when you could sit back and genuinely listen, observe, not always talk, but actually sit back and and figure out what others are doing and find out the rhyme and reason to it. Don't bash it. Don't don't even question it, but be inquisitive and treat wonder why it's going on and then learn from it. And then I think if you have that, you'll have the growth mindset. That growth mindset is a foundation of all success. I don't care what field you're in. Once you have that, man, you can almost do anything. Absolutely. That's great advice. Now, if I were to travel to Indiana and walk into your weight room and observe one of your lifts with your soccer team or any of your other teams, what kind of culture would I see that you're trying to establish with you and your athletes? You know, we have a, we have an incredible, I mean, we eight time national champions, um, this culture here, what, what our head coaches, um, what they're, what them, what they've done before, um, before I ever got here. I mean, I'm just sitting back reaching the benefits of it, but they have created a culture, uh, that is an extreme ownership and accountability. And, and what we have, as far as our soccer program, when you come in as a freshman, we're going to hold your hand We're we're going to come in here. And we're going to make you do everything. You're going to do it and you're going to do it at a high level. And there's going to be a point where you're going to question if you could ever do it. I always like to uh, say, if you're, if you're not wanting to quit, you're not going hard enough. And I, and I say that in a way that that 18 year old coming in, I don't care what level of recruit you are. It should be a shock to you. It should be wow, because we're going to push you over the edge and we're going to continue to keep you moving forward through some really strong adversity. But as you grow, as you get better, junior, seniors, senior comes in and tells me, Hey, we have a list scheduled for Tuesday coach. I'm just not feeling it. I'm not feeling good today. Now, if they've built up and I know who they are as far as that character and who they are as a person, I'm giving them the freedom. I'm saying they're starting to learn their body. They're starting to know who they are. They know more things than I do about what's happening because we have done an extensive job was trying to educate them on it uh, throughout those years. I'm going to let them sit out. I'm going to let them do something a little bit different. I'm going to let them have that ownership in it because I believe that it's the same for our coaches here. If someone's always telling you what to do, you never, you never feel like you're really invested in this stuff. And I think you need to be able to create for yourself. You need to be able to create programs. You need to be able to create the environment of, even if you're working in it, your, your own goals, your own um, objectives, you need to be the one that's doing that because if you have that, you're going to be the one that is going to run through walls for it. And we're just here to, to help that process. And uh, this culture with Indiana soccer, I, I mean, I'm just so fortunate to be, be part of because it is something that is, it's world-class. I mean, in, in 20 years of strength and conditioning, you know, being at Penn State for a while and going through some really extreme, some great years, um, it reminds me of that. It reminds me of that environment of it doesn't matter what you're doing. And if you're never looking over your shoulder to do the right thing, you're just doing the right thing because you, that's who you are as a character. That's who that's who you are as a person. 
And in doing it that way, you're always continuing. You wake up the right way. You you walk to class the right way. You sit in class. You you take notes. You do everything to the best of your ability because it's about it's it's working for you to make the bigger picture better. Hmm. I think that's great that you're part of a culture like that, and you're able to establish such a beneficial culture for you and your athletes, and and work within a culture on the soccer team that allows that. And it's also a good thing that you work with and are on the same page as the head coach because that is definitely one thing I work with my younger assistant strength coaches or my interns is always communicate and work with the head coach because it makes your job so much easier and it actually helps build that culture in the weight room when the head coach is backing you up versus not having a good communication line set up and working against the head coach. And then you're fighting two fronts. You're fighting the front of establishing culture with the athletes and then also fighting the front of having to work with that head coach. So I think that's a good thing that you have that. Well, you know, it's all about humility. You know, it's like when I, that's exactly, I mean, it's such a great point because like when I first started out, uh, by no means. I mean, I'm at a point right now that I don't run programs through the coaches. I don't run any of that stuff, but that's not how this started. I mean, then you're building relationships. There's a level of respect that's going on. There's humility. You know, our head, our head coach right now, um, Mac Herman winner back in the day, his dad, Jerry Yegley was the godfather of soccer. Todd Yegley is pretty darn close to that. And so Todd has, you know, gone through a world that, you know, he knew how he trained. He did, he did it this way. And so when we started off, I was training completely different. I mean, at Penn State, we didn't touch a single barbell. We never, we always use machines. And so that's what I learned. That's what, how I learned. And I got out here and all it was was bars. It was all, you know, squat racks and stuff. And so I got to come into an environment and change because of the actual situation, as we talked about before. Uh, but now I have a coach that doesn't believe in those machines either. So if I sit there and say, coach, no, this is the way this is, you know, we've won. We've, we were really successful at Penn state. This is how we should do it. You're going to have that friction in the beginning. And if you cannot humble yourself and build that relationship up and get that trust building, man, it's, you're, you kind of, you're, you're going to kind of sink really quick. And you know, that again, strength and conditioning is so incredible because you have to be diverse. Like this is, this little culture of what we live in in strength conditioning, it's it's awesome. We have got over the past year, we seeked out all the people that have transitioned out of this. Now you know this too. Like if you're in this field, this field is hard. This field is demanding. A lot of people transition out of it. It's really cool to see what that transition looks like. And what we did was we seeked out a bunch of people and just start talking to them, get some feedback on what they thought. Every one of them leaned back on the the ability to communicate with a coach build up that, build up that trust, build up all that stuff has allowed them to do things that are just, I mean, world-class and at a level that they never thought, but it all started with that. Like you said, a, uh, uh, that, that initial conversation and then getting that head coach on board. Mm. And, and what's a piece of advice or anything you would like to tell those coaches that are just coming off an internship or just coming off a graduate assistantship and they're not getting paid or they're, you know, they're in the grind of what we really 
have to do and have to work for to become a full-time coach? What's some advice that you'd give those coaches? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll lean on humility. Um, be humble, uh, be humble, be, a, be that sponge, you know, be that sponge and sit there and continue to keep learning. Uh, but when your opinions asked, or even if you have a good opinion, uh, present it in a way that's there to help others, not to, not to try and make it, not to puff up your chest and, and try to show how smart you are. Don't try and even reinvent the wheel. But if you got maybe a different way that you've seen something happen, do it in a way, figure out how to present really good information in a way. And it's going to help you transition in this field so far, because again, it's all about those people skills, how, how you're, how you're interacting with people, how other, how you're making other people feel, you know, at the end of the day, that's what we, we're, we're all about. We're, we're trying to make other people feel really good. Our athletes, our coaches, we're, we're trying to, that's what life is all about. We should be not worrying about how we feel, but what our audience needs. And, and as an intern or a, a strength coach, if you start thinking of what the other person needs, a lot of times you end up getting so much, you get so much further along um, uh, with building that relationship. And again, like, like I said, I, I just, I can't emphasize enough that this field has hardly that it, 99% of it has nothing to do with X's and O's. It's all about relationship building. It's all about being able, uh, you know, to, to build and, um, and create these relationships because, um, that is a foundation of what you're going to do in this field. Or if you're not even in this field and you move into something else, um, those will be the things that really carry you along. We'll be right back. Flex is the latest product to enter the velocity-based training market. Developed by the team at GymAware, Flex is the only laser-based system available. And it's this unique technology that makes Flex the most accurate and reliable barbell tracking product in the sub $500 category. That's right, you heard it, sub $500 barbell velocity tracker. And that's easy to use. It's wireless and yes, it's portable. It's specifically designed for individual use with its own social platform and automatic training log. Flex captures all the critical performance and technique metrics that people demand from a VBT device. Velocity, power, bar path, range of motion, and even bar position. Live feedback is delivered through the Flex app on every lift and all the data is automatically stored for review. Find out why VBT is such a powerful training method and what separates Flex from its competition at flexstronger.com slash VBT future. Again, that's flexstronger.com slash VBT future. No, that's some great stuff. And what about some advice for the coach that's just becoming a head strength coach or the senior athletic director of sports performance, you know, that leadership role and you're in a position where you're t- taking it over and you realize you can't just be a strength conditioning coach that's locked in the weight room all day. You have to learn to become an administrator. You have to learn to talk with athletic directors and overall take a leadership role. What's some advice you'd give to those coaches? Because I definitely know what it's like to struggle. That's one thing I struggled with when I first became a head strength conditioning coach was the amount of work and effort outside of the weight room, outside of the X's and O's that was required to run a successful strength conditioning program. Yeah. So the biggest thing, so the same deal I had, I, I, I get into this role 
And I'm like, man, I was just worried about going to like a, the, the, the only time I was out of the weight room is going to like a, a different um, team meeting or something like that. Now I'm in every other meeting and I got to put the administrative cap on and think of, um, you know, and it's a bit foreign. I mean, if you, if you're not in that position, you got to come into it now and then you got to kind of transition. So um, one of the biggest things that I did right off the bat here was I start sitting in on a whole bunch of other people's meetings as in like academics, as in compliance, as in sports med. I sat in with those uh, groups to see how they structured things, how um, we, we've got athletic trainers here that have been here for like 20 some plus years, um, academics. When people get to Indiana, people stick around in Indiana. It's a really cool environment. Uh, but I went there to find out what they did. You know, how are they uh, you know, constructing these meetings? Um, how are they constructing their staffs? What are they doing? And then I got ideas and, and I start putting ideas together. Um, and then those ideas led me to how to delegate, put people in charge, um, give them uh, almost like little pods of, of things, specialty areas that they're going to control. You know, we have we have um, one of our guys that's in charge of this weight room. He's in charge of the weight room. He's in charge of scheduling. He's in charge of maintenance. He's in charge of all of it. And at the end of the day, I only hear about it if something is wrong. And so he takes care of all that. We have a, a, a another great strength coach that's in charge of uh, continuing education, getting speakers. And, you know, we had Coach McKeefrey. We have uh, Coach Park. We, we always, when COVID's not here, we always try to bring at least a speaker in a month. Um, and we're always working on continuing education, working on bridging a gap between us and uh, campus as far as stuff. What I'm saying is, is that put people in charge to make your entire goal get better, your vision. So I created a vision and then it's putting people there that'll help that all go and then giving them full autonomy to say, take us where we need to go and let's all do this together. Mm. And how did you go about assigning that? Did you just tell your group, you know, hey, Coach Morris, I noticed you've been taking an interest on our continuing education, so go ahead and run with it. Or is it one of those things where you asked everybody, hey, we need someone to take over our continuing education who's interested how did you go about finding that yeah so we have this you know tight group in here so you really get to know who people are um invest time i would say this like all the our staff i know them really well we live together i think you just said you guys just got, got done doing a staff you know i i know their families i know their likes i know their where their interests are and and i don't do it in a prime place but i i I want to know that stuff so I could position them um, in what I would see the best for their success in this environment. And so, I mean, that as an administrator, I, I feel that that's my my job. I want them to be in front of people um, that they're going to do really good things, and they're going to be, you know, those people are going to be impressed. Um, and I want them to be able to have jobs uh, that they're going to be able to really, really run with it. Because again, it's they're they have an interest in it, and they're invested in it, and they're creating things in their own way. And so that's all, all it was, was trying to find out um, the continuing education. Um, Coach Laney Deppi is our, our continuing education director, and um, she loves teaching. She loves teaching on campus. Um, she brought it up to me that she, you know, she, she's talked to some of the deans there. It's a no-brainer. Let's put her in charge. Get us more involved. It'll give us a filter system for interns. It'll give us this. It, it, and it, it was built up. And, and each one of our staff members, even our social media person, you know, big Instagram person, loves Instagram, loves Twitter. You know what? Why, why put that on a guy that never even has an Instagram account? So it's just knowing who they are and then uh, allowing them to do it. And we've changed this over the years too. I, I want these guys to come to me and go, hey, listen, 
I know I'm in charge of this, but I hate it. Like, I don't want to do this. We're going to figure out where you're going to be because I want to just, my only goal here is to really create an environment that we could all flourish because I really just want people to be better each day to continue to keep moving forward. Definitely. And throughout your career at LaSalle or at Penn State, where did you learn these management techniques? You know, I've been lucky enough to go back and get a second master's and at, at, my, at my business school, you know, I learned about these management techniques and being used at a fortune 500, but not necessarily these techniques being used in the strength and conditioning profession. So where did you learn how to manage? Yeah. So again, it's, it's, um, it's understanding the platform that you have, you know, I'm, I'm a strength coach at Indiana university. People, for, for the most part, want to have me around because I have a really cool job. So when I first got here, I started meeting people all throughout this community, business owners and um, uh, people. We have Kelly School of Business, which is one of the elite level business schools in the country. Why would I not want to not be around these professors and 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 try to help them out? Hey, you want to come and lift? I'll come on in here. I'll do it and just and 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 put the time in with these people that are way smarter than me and have a whole different perspective. And so that's what I did ever since I was here at 25. Um, I decided that I was going to go and try and seek out people. You know, cycling was a big uh, sport around the area. I knew some of the big, um, you know, some of the bigger uh, professors were big cyclists. I wanted to be around them. And a lot of people look at that and it's tr they say it's transactional. Um, you know, the relationships, it's a transactional relationship. And I do believe that. I believe everybody has something to offer me but that gets a negative connotation of I'm not looking for to get something out of it, but I just want to continue to keep learning. And I want to learn what you know, because you know something I don't. And that is an extremely uh, humbling feeling that somebody knows something more. And that's just the nature of nature of everything. So every every time um, I strategically try to put myself in situations around big business owners, um, around people that knew how to manage, uh, that knew how to lead. Um, that did the right things. And I just tried to soak it up. And, and, you know, over the last two to three years, it's really kind of taken off because I started, you know, speaking to different um, organizations, big organizations and getting to learn their leadership team and what they're doing at the highest level. And when you start seeing that, man, it's eye opening to see how they they go about dealing with uh, their, their, their people, their, their clientele, even um, it, it makes it, it, it makes a, it makes it really cool when you're dealing with, at, like right now, 14 is a big uh, number of strength conditioning coaches, but really it's not, you know, my, my younger brother is a vice president at Disney and uh, he's managing over 300 right now. And so when I talk to him of how he's dealing with it and, and some, you know, understanding what COVID is doing, um, leadership uh, becomes a really sought after thing and you end up continuing to keep learning and evolving. Wow, definitely some good stuff there. And uh, hopefully the little brother's hooking you up with some passes to Disney yeah, World. I'll tell you, we have been to Disney about a million times, and I'll tell you, it's nice to have a younger brother uh, with that. Let me tell you, Disney's uh, quite costly. That is definitely nah, a, Yeah, I definitely, no, I definitely understand. I took my family of five there two years ago after the CSCCA, so I definitely know it's not cheap. Yeah. Well, no, definitely. And if you could call – Coach Tom Morris from 10 years ago, what would you tell him? Uh, da, da, da. So what I would tell him is this, is you can't fail. So 
this is, I, I believe this in the beginning, you know, I, 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 I did at 25, I did at 22, 23, but I was still worried about it. Like what, what's the next step? What should I be doing? Um, where, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't stressed about it, but it was always on my mind. You cannot, if you have a work ethic, a strength coach, a strength coach and a person with a work ethic, a belief, um, character and is doing things for the right reason, you just can't fail. It builds up your resilience. It builds up to whatever, uh, you know, the, all the things that you need in life to continue to bounce back, even if life punches you in the face. That is the thing that I would make sure that my younger self knew 100% because that's the life I'm living now that I just, I am not fearful of what that is around the corner. I'm not fearful of of where we're going to go. I'm mindful of it. I want to strategically place myself in the best position, but I am, I'm very confident in the fact that I'll figure it out. I mean, life figures its way out and we, we figure ourselves out, but I want to live and I want to value the moment so much. The present moment is just such a, a valuable thing that we're always thinking about, well, what's ahead? What's up? It's about right now and understanding right now, maximize it and don't be fearful of what's up in the future. Now that's some great advice. And what's next for Coach Morris? I know, you know, outside of COVID, when things get back to normal, what's something you've been working on or something you're looking forward to that you got in the works coming up this next year? Yeah. So last year, uh, start with 2020. I think the, I think when you're setting goals for 2021, you know, setting New Year's, you know, the resolution goals you always got to start by looking back and especially on this year. I mean, 2020 has caused major friction. I don't care who you are. You've gone through some level of friction. That's not any, you know, that that's, that's above and beyond of maybe what you've done in the past. And so friction for me or adversity, all it does is create opportunity. And all it does for me is make me more resilient. And like I said before, is like resilient. If you're resilient, you just can't fail. So I'm reflecting back on how I've grown. Who is this person going into 2021? Because the person that is going into 2021 is, is better. I, I mean, I, I just feel confident in myself by saying that this person is better going into 2021 and you're better right now going through this, having, I mean, you're sitting here with a mask on. If you would have done that in March, you'd have been ripping it down and moving it all around. We've gotten better. We've figured out how to work with being uncomfortable. We've gotten for, you know, we use that word. We get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And and we got to show the value in that because if you understand you've gotten better, you better set your goals higher and bigger. And so for me, that was it. That, that's where I'm going to uh, I'm gonna start with. 2020 was I'm going to get out. I'm going to get on the speaking scene. I'm going to talk to these big businesses. Um, and I wanted to get at least 20 of those in for the month uh, or for the year of 2020. Um by March of last year, I was already at seven. I mean, well ahead of my goal. COVID hits, it goofs the whole darn thing up. I'm coming back in 2021 and I don't have a clue what this is going to look like. Besides, I'm going to set my goal at 30 speaking uh, deals. I'm going to get out. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm currently trying to do uh, some different um, newsletters and stuff and, and heck, even trying to write a book, which I, you know, Coach McKeefer did that, wrote, you know, has written multiple books now. And I thought, yeah, you just write some thoughts down and put it out there. Mike Hill, God, my God, writing a book is incredibly taxing. But 2021, that's a big goal for me is to, to get that out there. But again, it's 
the overall concept is this, is sharing. It's sharing information. It's sharing my experience. It's my perspective. Um, and hopefully making the entire, making everything else just a little bit better. Mm, and that's great and great insight. And I think everybody should, you know, definitely listen, not only because you're a great coach and you've been active and in the field for so long and, you know, you're a hell of a leader and, and, and you've been doing this at a high level, but you've also had an injury that was so difficult that I would say that you would have no choice but to be a resilient individual to even even make your way through outside of that. So could you, if you don't mind, tell our listeners a little bit about your injury and how that has changed how you are when you're coaching? Yeah. Yeah. So May 17th of 2012, um, I was riding at a really high level at that point. I was racing mountain bikes and, um, I went out on that morning and was doing this training ride and about a quarter mile before I'd end the ride, I, uh, I smashed a rock and flipped my mountain bike and smashed my head, uh, in the middle of a somersault. And basically that, that impact of, of hitting the ground with my head, um, it blew apart my C6, C7, you know, the easiest way to say it is I broke my neck and, um, you know, I laid in the woods for over three and a half hours, helpless, not being able to move my, my upper body, not being able to move my legs, not being able to move stuck to the floor of the, of the forest, kind of like being suction cup there. And I just laid there because I could not get out of it. You know, fortunately three and a half hours later, two riders rescued me and, um, they got me out of the woods. I, I went through the surgery, the surgery, they fixed that spinal column. The spinal cord was already damaged. Uh, so that damage still kept me paralyzed. Uh, you know, basically from the chest down, all four limbs, not working or, or, you know, working minimally if, if we could say that. Uh, so I spent the, I spent 2012 to 2013 of just rehabbing, you know, work on the, the littlest of things, you know, trying to get dressed, trying to, um, use the bathroom by myself, comb my hair, stuff like that. You know, just working on pinching a finger together every day, six o'clock getting up and working an entire day to just try to survive and trying to survive and become independent again with, with three major goals. One of which is, is to become independent. Um, the second was to try and gain back sport. I just thought, you know what, this thing that kicked my ass and took everything away from me, man, I want it back. I love it. I, this is who I am. It gave me an identity. And then, um, and then the last one, uh, was work. It, it was, you know, this environment, you said it before, you know, we, I got into strength and conditioning because I volunteered and I was surprised when, uh, at Penn state, Chip Harrison was the head strength coach offered me to, he offered to pay me $7 an hour. And I thought, man, if I could do something that I would do for free and make it a career and I, I love it, I need it. And so I fought for a year of my life and then a year later, I transitioned back into um, uh, into strength and conditioning. And and the truth is this, you know, I was scared to death of it. I mean, I still remember that day. I was scared to come back, but it wasn't for those reasons you may think, like uh, trying to teach someone how to run. And you know, obviously, I'm in a wheelchair. I'm trying to teach them how to move. I'm supposed to spot them. 
But the bigger thing was, is just the idea of, of judgment. I didn't, you know, I didn't want anybody to see me as the guy in the wheelchair. I wanted people to see me as the coach, as the, as the person that will be there to motivate them, excuse me, and, and be that person that I was before. And so first day I get in there and, uh, I'm training the, the the women's basketball team and I'm training the women's basketball team. I only make it minutes in the weight room and I realize I forgot something in my car. So, so I, I go back out to my car on the way out to my car. I, I hit this little lip uh, on the ground. I mean, this little, little lip hit the front part of the wheelchair and I flipped straight over out of the chair, laying on the ground in front of the stadium. And now now, just remember, like, I'm scared. I don't want people to see me even like the guy in the wheelchair because I'm so worried. And yet now I'm not even the guy in the wheelchair. I'm laying I'm this guy laying on the ground, helpless. And so I quick try to transition. I grab the wheelchair and I pull it in tight to try and get up into it. And then and then I hear this, this voice and I look over my back right shoulder and it's the entire baseball team is walking in at that point. And I thought, man. And so... Two guys yell over, ask me if I need help. I say, yeah, could you come over and just pick me up, put me in? They do pick, come over, pick me up, put me in the chair, and they go back into the weight room. And, you know, and so at that point, it's a year into this. I'm, I'm scared. I mean, I'm scared at this point, and I have this option. You know, do, I, do I go into the weight room and say, I'm going to do this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going, or do I go to my car? You know, do I do I just say the hell of this? I'm not going to maybe a strength coach shouldn't be in a wheelchair. I had a million thoughts. I mean, it was and uh, I remember that morning I just said, you know what, I can do this. I could do this. And my wife was there and she's like, You can do this. And and I decided to go back in in there and I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I just started training those athletes and I did it in a natural way. I start using my words better. I had my little iPad on to show them what I wanted but I created an environment that was just coming from my words. It was coming from my energy. It was coming from who we are. And, and, and that environment had those kids pouring sweat, laying on the ground. After, and after an hour of this workout, I sat there with the biggest grin of, 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 of joy on my face because I gained back, you know, this part of my life that I was so scared. I just, I quite frankly had confidence, but didn't know how I was going to do it. And so now at this point in my life, I'm coaching. I'm coaching. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm doing it just in a different way. And I'm doing it through a lot, uh, maybe, maybe better wordage, maybe better, may, maybe better ways of doing it, showing technology. But at the end of the day, it's who we are that makes these kids move and get better. It's our words. It's our energy. It's our atmosphere that we create. All we're doing is designing blueprints down here. You know, I don't care if you're in a thousand square foot weight room. I don't care if you have no racks. I don't care if you have the, 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 the crim de la crim. Uh, weight room doesn't matter. It's all about who we are as people. Um, if you're in a wheelchair or you're if you're uh, a 400 pound bodybuilder, it it doesn't matter. If, if, I I firmly believe that it's the character, the energy that you're putting off, and the overall care you have for those athletes. That it doesn't matter what you look like. It's about how you give. It's always about giving and making sure that your audience, your clientele, your your athletes, your people you know, they're getting the most out of you and, and they're getting, they're wreaking the benefits of what you could offer. Wow. That is such an inspiring story coach. And, you know, watching you and having all the respect in the world for you and what you've done, you know, really puts everything into perspective and 
try not to get too down on yourself. You know, it's literally, you know, you could walk in there and have one eyeball and a giant horn on your head and still it's always about coaching the athletes, caring about the athletes and trying to create that environment and that culture around that. And, you know, again, thank you for that story and that inspiration. Now, if our listeners wanted to tune into what you're doing, do you have any social media that you'd like to give a shout out or what's the best way to contact you with any follow-up questions? Yeah. So we have, so uh, for my, myself personally, it's going to be Tom Morris performance.com. Um, I, the, that's the website. And then all my social media be, is Tom Morris uh, performance, um, except for Twitter. For, uh, Twitter is more strength um, at more strength. Um, email TJ Morris at Indiana.edu. By all means, uh, you know, reach out. I'd love to talk. And then uh, our website, you know, Chris Virtue is, is our, is our tech guy on staff and he put together indianastrength.com and it's just, it's just world-class and it is awesome. I mean, it's, it's a site that we've utilized um, during a transition of COVID that we turned into our, um, our virtual weight room, our landing pad. And it came out. All- yeah. I mean, it was, it was awesome. So, and then that's what, that's what this COVID world, you know, if there's one thing I could say is that adversity does create opportunity. And when COVID hit, it was a cool way for us to kind of look at what are the opportunities to kind of uh, take us out of our comfort zone and try new things. And, you know, and like I said, the staff is dynamic. I mean, what they do X's and O's wise is awesome, but what they do behind the scenes is world-class. And so um, we put together IndianaStrength.com, gave this landing pad, uh, landing page, and, and, and it really, really helped out. But there's information out the wazoo on there. Thank you, Coach, for being on the podcast and – I want to thank you for sharing your story. You're a hell of a coach and hell of an administrator. And, you know, to be in one place for so long, I knew I had to get you in and and find out your story. So thank you for being on here. And I think you're definitely going to get a lot of people fired up for 2021. And I'll be in touch here soon. Thank you. Well, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on here and, uh, you know, share my you know, um, all of our stuff on here with your listeners. And um, it's, it's, it's an, incre- an incredible environment that you're creating. And, and thank you for what you're doing for this field, uh, because this field is, this field is world-class. I mean, you, uh, strength and conditioning, you know, I, I know I'm going to keep going. Strength and conditioning is that, is that thing that's talked about when an athlete goes through four years, when they go through, we're the ones that they don't only thank at those banquets, they're the one we're, we're the people that they always have some kind of story, something that stood out, some part of their life that we pushed them through and they overcame. And that's a really special thing because that is foundational to, you know, not them just getting stronger. It's them getting mentally and, and, and just being able to know that they could do anything if they just keep working their butt off. No, I appreciate that. Thank you once again. And thank you for sharing your experience. Have a good one, coach. Love it. Enjoy, my man. I appreciate it again. Team Builder is the premier strength and conditioning app for teams and private facilities. Used by more than 2,500 organizations around the world, performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or on tablets in the weight room. You can even print individualized workout cards of your programs directly from their systems. Right now, when you start a 14-day trial, 
Use promo code CHALK, that is promo code C-H-A-L-K, to access more than 70 strength and conditioning programs directly in your Team Builder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. Today, coaches from around the country use Team Builder's built-in questionnaire module to create COVID-19 pre-screening questionnaires sent to athletes daily. We've been using Team Builder at MSU Denver for several years now and cannot recommend them enough. Hewitt and his staff go above and beyond to help create an outstanding user experience for all the teams they work with. I have yet to run into a type of periodization or programming format that the staff at Team Builder cannot tackle and create. From asking around, it is clear more college and high school strength coaches use Team Builder more than any other training program available. Go to teambuilder.com and check them out. The Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 podcast is brought to you by Play. Listen in on a conversation with Play's Global Director of Performance and Education, Coach Mike Bewley. Coach Bewley describes the vision of how Play will continue to be the company that will propel the innovation of the strength and conditioning profession forward. Well, after 22 years of, of coaching, I've learned that connection trumps communication and that it's not enough for coaches to know that you care. And I think you got to take that step further. They need to experience that you care. And I've always been a coach that tried to be more uh, transformational than transactional. And so with that awareness in mind too, I always enjoyed working and learning and talking to other people and, and coaches and developing that camaraderie. I've always made myself available to the community because I remember how hard it was too to try to get a crack into this this profession. And uh, I promised myself if ever I was given a shot, I would never take advantage of that. I always allow myself to uh, help other people uh, chase their dreams in this profession. It's been very good to me. Play is a company that will help your strength conditioning program find solutions for all your needs. Review second best and check them out at play.us for more information. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.